0: This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Steven Pesavento. And for as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. Welcome back again, guys. Very excited. Been getting so much support. And uh, I can't thank you guys enough. I'm absolutely humbled. I'm impressed. I am at a loss of words. But I want to say thank you to everyone who has hit subscribe and has left a five-star review. It does mean a lot. Screenshot that review and at mention us on Instagram at Investor Mindset. Or shoot me a message on Facebook and let me know that you've done it. We really appreciate all the support and uh, we love hearing how much you guys are loving the podcast. So I want to share a review from D. Altonen. Very helpful for anyone looking to get into real estate. Great content and very fun conversation. I definitely recommend it. So thank you for the review and thank you for everyone else who's been helping us move up the charts and get in front of more people so we can share this investor mindset and help more people realize that if they can do it, I can do it. So let's jump into another episode. All right, Investor Mindset Podcast listeners, really, really excited here. I have Sterling White in the studio today.
1: All right, let's bring the heat.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that energy. Sterling White is a multifamily syndicator with over 400 units under management and does direct-to-seller marketing in the multifamily space uh, with his company, Holdfolio. He's been a longtime contributor to the Bigger Pockets community with over 200 posts and has recently been featured on Bigger Pockets podcast, episode 308. Definitely want to check that out. He was involved in the single family space, buying and selling over 100 houses before he switched to the commercial world. And he actually just released a new book from zero to 400 units, which we'll get into near the end of the show. Welcome, Sterling. Welcome,
1: Steven. It is phenomenal being here. Let's get
0: right into it. So obviously from zero to 400 units, pretty impressive. You've obviously hit a lot of success, but let's take a look back Towards the beginning of your life, what events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today?
1: Ooh, I would say quite a bit. So just a little bit about myself was had a single mother, uh, Was a I still am a fraternal twin. People say we look alike. I don't think we look alike whatsoever. And the environment and neighborhood I grew up in was you wouldn't want to walk your dog at night or even during the day uh, through through that type of setting. But What through the course of that was in welfare, section eight housing. So anything in above that, such as shoes, clothes, all the cool stuff you want as a kid, I had to figure out in the legal sense how to make money. So that's where that whole entrepreneurship uh, birth came into existence when my first product was Kool-Aid and elementary and shifted to Pokemon cards and just about anything that I can get my hands on. And then that really just shifted with I mean, essentially having to figure things out myself because the the type of environment there's tons of illegal activity that went on. Didn't want to go that path, so that's how I found real estate and uh, jumped into it head first in 2009 on the construction side, and the rest is history from there.
0: Wow! So you started out with pretty uh, pretty humble beginnings. Sounds like you had quite a financially limited beginning. Yes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what the impact of that was on you when you were a kid, and why didn't you just think to yourself, hey, I'm going to be like everyone else that I'm surrounded by?
1: That is a, a great question, and I don't want to go so much that. I had this spiritual moment, especially later on, that ultimately changed the trajectory of my mindset, but a lot of uh, what went on in that uh, those neighborhoods, I knew that's not where I wanted to be, And uh, through the course of that, unfortunately, my brother did end up taking that path and lost, uh, I would say, quite a bit of his freedom. That's a whole nother story in itself. But I just decided that I did not want to be that. And I wanted to make something of myself. And that's another driver and what motivates me, because I want to be the ideal for those people who are in that environment there, because you don't know right from wrong, necessarily. You just do what everybody else does. So I want to show them, hey, there's another path you can actually uh, do something.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So so you were you know, growing up in the hood, it, just to put it another way. I mean, it sounds like it was a pretty rough beginning. And then you had this warning. Your brother was living a life that was not up to the standard that you wanted to live by. And rather than using that as an example of maybe I should go out and try to do what he's doing, but a little bit better, you use that as a way to say, hey, I'm going to go find some other way, somebody else to follow that is living a better life. And I'm going to escape this because somewhere deep down, you knew that it was possible to do that.
1: Exactly. And there, there was this moment when I was in my college days, I was going to uh, uh, University of Indianapolis for whatever reason, who knows, I ended up dropping out to, on a, a four-year degree into my fifth year to focus on business ex, uh, solely. And I had this moment where I was actually out on a canoe and I had been drinking a little bit and I was just out in the middle of the lake. And there was this beam of light that came down to me and said, Sterling, is this what you want to do with your life? And I answered back, no. And then that's when the rest just changed from there. I quit drinking. I wasn't like an alcoholic. I was in college. So I did the whole weekend thing. And then I cut off all my friends, uh, just went in a complete different direction and really got into self-improvement and really focusing on my mind. And then from there, that's when i uh I mean
0: was a complete game changer for me that's so powerful. Well, it's good that you didn't have to hit rock bottom in order to get to that point. You actually had just something come to you, whatever you want to call that, whatever people want to believe that to be, something that hits you really deep, and it said hey let's let's do things differently. so where along the way did you discover real estate because you know when you're growing up in that kind of a lifestyle in that environment, something you know, I can relate to, you don't necessarily see these examples. Like, how did you find that?
1: I had a a roommate when I was in college. It was my either it was freshman year, freshman summer or uh, going into sophomore year. His dad owned a construction company. And I don't know if it was the universe itself, but that's how I got started. And I was getting my hands dirty. I was uh, carrying the mortar to the bricklayers, doing demolition, all that. Great respect for those guys. But I knew it wasn't for me. But I saw the power. And when you look at the top wealthy people, they all generally have some type of real estate in their portfolio. So I knew from that time that I wanted to be in real estate. But the niche I was in on the construction side was not where I wanted to be. So at that point, I was able to find a mentor, start working for that individual for free uh, and was able to compact their 20 years experience into two to two and a half years I was working with them.
0: I love that. I'm a big believer that you have to model the best. You have to model other people in order to learn. And sometimes that means you're gonna to have to work for them for free. You pay forty, fifty thousand dollars a year to go get an education. And people are afraid to go do an hour's worth of work for free when what
1: it boggles my mind.
0: It boxes my
1: mind. and what I learned in college did not uh, translate to the real world. There was one class that I took during the summer, which was ornithology, the study of birds. And I I still like going bird watching it. I look like a creep sometimes going through neighborhoods with binoculars, but it's just for the birds.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not good for picking up the ladies, I'll tell you what. But <laughs> you know, on, on another note, why don't we dive into a little bit about what your focus on day to day from a business standpoint? What's your primary focus these days?
1: Yeah, so now it's just uh, acquiring multifamily deals and also investor acquisition and branding and uh, really pushing the company Holdfolio out into the marketplace.
0: And what does Holdfolio do? What do you guys do?
1: Yeah, so our our primary objective is providing great passive uh, uh, returns to our partners through income-producing multifamily. Generally, the the properties that we acquire uh, have some type of value-add component, whether that is decreasing the expenses and pushing up the rents through renovations.
0: Absolutely. So you're a multifamily guy. You're going out buying apartment buildings. And you're doing something that's different, something that I do in the single-family space and have been you know, envisioning doing in the multifamily space. But everyone keeps telling me I can't do it, and I won't let that belief creep in. But it sounds like you are. You're marketing direct-to-seller for multifamily. Will you tell me a yeah. little bit about that?
1: Yes, that is our go-to focus. We haven't had any success going through Brokers, of our deals have been off market, 276 units, and between four properties in one and a half years. So our initial point of contact is the cold call. It usually takes between six to eight attempts just to get in touch with the decision maker. And then after that, usually they're not interested first time around. And that's when the follow-ups come into place, which is the direct mail uh, component that we love to integrate.
0: So when other people were telling you, Sterling, that, nah, you can't do this, don't 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 even think about trying to do direct mail to multifamily people, uh, that's the broker's job, uh, why didn't you listen to him?
1: I just jumped in. I never – luckily, I didn't hear that information. So my whole life, I've had people tell me what I can't do, and that goes through family – uh, that's people closest to me. And if I would have listened to them, I wouldn't have gotten to where I am now. And I've, uh, for me, I've still got so much potential and so much uh, capacity to go. But I replicated that same thing in multifamily too, is I really didn't have people telling me uh, necessarily what I couldn't do, but I just knew what the end goal was. So I just bridged the gap and figured out, hey, this is these are uh, specific channels that I can use to get to that. Uh, endpoint, which is buying the apartment uh going direct to the owner
0: I think that's so I think that's so important right there. It's funny because there's something about this beginner's mind when you don't really know something how you'll just go out and make things happen and you'll create something that's new it. that other people aren't doing um that that's really powerful
1: don't it and don't. i and I would say that came from my childhood too because I uh, love my mom in terms of the best she did with the the parenting side but there was sort of a lack of parenting. So I had to reverse engineer and figure things out. So that just translated to the business sense with figuring things out.
0: Powerful. I love that. So talk to me a little bit about this world record that you went after and you ended up falling flat on your face and failed. Oh gosh, it still hurts me to this day to think about (laughs) that. (laughs) But that was a huge breakthrough for
1: me in terms of the... the, the way I think about things in another uh, way uh, on, on my mindset, becoming the best version of myself. So I had this world record attempt that I was going for. And I believe I read about in Tim Ferriss's book, he, he talked about uh, finding a goal that stretches yourself. So I decided that, hey, let me attempt this world record. I had a friend that did pass from cancer. So I wanted to do something for that. So I spent uh, a year and a half to two years training for this world record, which was the world's fastest fireman carry. And what I do is I carry someone four mile on my back of equivalent weight and run around the track. And the person I was training with ended up backing out uh, a month prior to the event. So I could have took that. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So I could have took that and said, oh, well, I don't, it's a sign. I shouldn't go for the event. I ended up finding someone from the university I went to and uh, train with them for a month, and then we, we felt we were ready to go. And the day of the event, newscasters came out. It was a big event. Friends came out, relatives, and I completely flopped. It was bad. Wow. Yes. <laughs> so I made it halfway through the attempt and dropped the guy.
0: Yeah, so that doesn't really count as a, as a win there. But, I mean, what did you end up learning from that? That
1: failure is not so bad, especially on a, a scale like that. And I mean, the, the worst that happened was that was it. I I didn't get my attempt that I was going for. I rather not necessarily died, but it was just really bad. I didn't want to fail whatsoever. You think of the school system, when you get an F, when you fail, that's bad. But I used it as more of a learning lesson of, Hey, this is what I can improve on. But that was just an unlock in my mind.
0: Yeah. So you failed at something completely unrelated to business and now you're applying that to the work that you're doing on a daily basis. Like, how do you end up taking something like that and bringing it back to uh, the work you do every day?
1: Great question. Uh, dropping bombs on that side is not not necessarily being perfect. So, speed trumps everything from my uh, personal perspective. And if it doesn't, I'm trying to think of a, a prime example of a failure. Uh, Okay, so there was a one hundred and eighteen unit that my partner and I were under contract on and just to make a long story short. At the end, we were invested eight thousand dollars. And the biggest learning lesson from that was the the seller mentioned that they had been patching the roofs for the duration of their ownership. And we thought that we could patch the roofs uh, uh, ourselves and we budgeted that into our assumptions. But we got contractors up there and it ended up we needed to replace all the roofs. So that was a, a a big failure that we applied to the next deal. Once we understood that the roofs are a little bit questionable, we got our contractors up there as soon as possible to determine what the cost would be.
0: Yeah. So you 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 ended up it ended up costing you a lot more money than you expected. But uh, it, you didn't let it knock you down. Exactly. Correct. And just use that same principle the following
1: time uh, to essentially save us uh, a ton of time and also costs uh, associated with that.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So you did something not everyone that I know has done. And it's, it's a lot of people who are in the single family space are thinking, hey, I want to go multifamily. I want to go for scale. I want to go for cash flow. I want to go for some of that, uh, those tax benefits how should somebody think about making that switch from single family to multifamily? Uh, and how did you do it?
1: Gosh. So my partner and I, and this is also something that really has helped me, uh, get to where I am is being self-aware of the things that I'm good at, not good at. So my business partner, Jacob, is uh, good at all the weaknesses that, uh, all of my weaknesses and I compliment his weaknesses and to, uh to, to answer your question, how we made the transition from uh single family to multifamily. I mean, we owned, I would say, just under 150 or so. And we looked at the pros and cons associated with that model because it was close to about 150 transactions with that. And then on the multifamily, we looked at we want more economies of scale, and uh there's more control from our perspective uh on that side. So uh, our first transaction was a forty six unit in, uh, on the the near south side where we took the driving for dollars approach, called the owner directly, and then uh, purchase price was nine hundred thousand We put down two hundred thousand, so uh, it was seller financing
0: so what you did is clear, but how should somebody else think about making that switch from single family into the multifamily game they're two completely different worlds aren 't they <sighs>
1: I, that is a, a great, yes, I would say so. You don't so. think so? Uh, in There's terms a lot of, of similarities, I'm sure. Yeah, I would say just from personal experience, I believe uh, multifamily is easier. Uh, I mean, it's it's more difficult in today's market to actually find the deals,
0: so I, I think what I'm trying to get to is that I know myself, I've had this feeling and I know that a lot of other people that I talk to have had it. And it's this belief that multifamily is harder because it's bigger and we're talking about tens of millions of dollars to go buy a property. Um, is it or or is it actually you prefer it now that you've done both?
1: Yeah, now, now that I've done both, I would say definitely uh, multifamily is not as difficult as what people... Uh, make it cut out to be, and I've had this. I'm, I'm trying to think of a, a lack of a better word, but this uh, optimistic uh, type of mindset to that to where I've never really considered uh, when, when I made the decision with both my partner not to make the uh, shift from single family to multifamily. It just uh, what I alluded to earlier: figure out how to to bridge that gap to get to that point. So that that's something that I've always. Uh, had is that optimistic uh, mindset. But for you, uh, for those of you who do have that belief that maybe multifamily is this uh, gigantuous animal, it's really not as difficult as, uh, it's really not that difficult. I would say you put in just the the same amount of work to acquire one apartment complex versus a hundred single families and i just speaking from personal experience by doing the two. Well, the, the biggest apartment i purchased is 80 units, so I've done 80, uh, 80 single families, and I would say the amount of work and then also the upside I got from that 80 unit definitely triumphed the 80 single families.
0: Yeah, that's so powerful. I want to underline something for everyone here who's listening. Sterling didn't think this is going to be harder. He didn't let himself go to that place, and so if you're there... And you're trying to make a change, whether it's into another industry, out of your job, into multifamily, and you have this little feeling in the back of your head, oh my God, it's going to be harder. I don't know how I'm going to do this. What am I going to do? Don't, just stop. Start thinking to yourself, how can I make this happen and how is it going to be great? Because that's exactly what Sterling did. And that's why he bought 400 units in such a short period of time.
1: Yeah, And and it's listening to having that positive input that's coming in on a daily basis, cutting out the news. That is the biggest thing ever, having all that negative. Of course, you want to be informed, but I haven't watched. The only time I watch the news is when it's on at the gym and that's accidental. Uh, That's just another way to not have that Debbie Downer on your mind that could contribute to not having those limiting beliefs that most others, others have.
0: Yeah, it's like you have to change your inputs that you're putting into your mind and your body in order to change the outputs, the results, the outcomes that you're going to get. And so keep listening to the Investor Mindset podcast, obviously, there we go. <laughs> and keep going out and connecting and meeting other people who are doing what you're doing or what you want to do so you can start believing and getting that feeling like, oh, if he can do it, I can do it. Or if exactly. she can do it, I can do it. That's awesome. That's really powerful stuff there, Sterling. So let me ask you, you're you're the kind of guy who's, you're, you're pretty successful. You're doing a lot of big things. What are some of the keystone habits, the things that you do on a daily basis that you believe contribute to your success or make you happier?
1: Uh, Cutting out the news is the biggest thing, uh, which now it's just a a habit. I don't even consider it. Second is always constantly uh, improving myself. So on a daily basis, I do uh, sales training. uh, So I can better understand that because I believe in everyday life, you're either doing the selling or you're being sold. That can go with uh, whether you're selling a physical product or even relationships, if you want to get the woman you want or a man you want, you have to sell that person on why you're the good fit. Follow-up has been a game changer uh, for me as well. But I would just say the, the training has really helped and also uh, none of the, the watching the news.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, follow-up and persistence, it's a habit in itself just to be able to go out there and do things on a regular basis. So You, you mentioned something a couple times. you stopped watching the news. you stopped putting in this negative stuff take that crap and throw it out. I I'm, I'm with you there. What kind of inputs, what kind of trainings are you doing and what kind of things would you recommend just, you know, to anybody?
1: Yeah. So I am those of you who may have heard of Grant Cardone. I know he's just about everywhere, but, uh, looking, uh, I, uh, I purchased a course of, uh, some of his courses, his material, all that good stuff. And also he's got tons of free content, uh, that's online. That is free. Sales uh, oriented. So really consuming that, and also listening to to old uh, Earl Nightingale, uh, Jim mm. Rohn, Tony Robbins. I kind of date myself with the Earl Nightingale, but he was a huge Classic, influence yeah. on the, the the way I think. But having those inputs just on the uh, on the daily has been like a, a ritual for me. To so now it's just uh, I, I do it literally Monday through Sunday and. Uh, yeah it's really just shaped the way i've uh, really uh th- the way i think about things
0: okay so earl nightingale incredible if if you guys haven't listened to him i really recommend it i'm going to plug another podcast one of my favorite speakers and uh and coaches he's got a great podcast called the brian buffini podcast episode 61 he actually reads this uh the Strangest secret oh my earl gosh yes favorite Wait, which is one that you just you want to listen to this over and over it doesn't matter if it's a hundred years old or or whatever it's <laughs> it's good real strong mindset stuff-hmm exactly that's awesome that's powerful you definitely have to be putting in the right stuff on a daily basis in order to get the kind of results that you're looking for so we reach the uh the section of the podcast where we jump into the growth rapid fire round where the questions are quick but the answers usually aren't what's a book that's impacted your life the most or one that you're excited about right now.
1: I would say Maverick Mindset by Doug Hall.
0: Maverick Mindset, what's that about?
1: That is uh one of the my earliest reads that was recommended by Mike Tyson, interesting enough, but uh it 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 has stories of people that have overcame challenges. So to be able to read that and see that this person had this obstacle and this is how they overcame it to get to where they are. Uh, was really good for me, and plus, I don't hear many people. I recommend that book too, so I had to put, throw it out there.
0: <laughs> That's great. I'm gonna add that to my list right now. From a purpose perspective, why do you do what you do, Sterling? Gosh, multiple
1: uh, things that really keep me fired up. Oh gosh, I'm getting fired up now. Oh, let me slow down. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would. I would say I've got a, a six-year-old angel. Uh, She is a a little girl. Uh, Imagine just me with a full head of hair. She's got hair like Tarzan. So that's one driver to really give her the life that I never had growing up. Don't want to get all teary-eyed right now. And uh, another is the where I grew up from. So I really want to be an ideal to those individuals that, hey, you don't have to take this path that most people take. Uh, Here is another one where you can actually make something out of yourself. And then thirdly, among others, of course, is death. I, I don't want to get too much into that, but I know that there, it is there. So why not spend uh, the time I have on this planet doing what I love and actually achieving to see uh, exactly where I can go?
0: I love that. That's so good. That's so good. So from an inspiration standpoint, who are some of your mentors and how do they influence your career? Uh, I would say one is uh Earl Nightingale,
1: uh hugely on The Strangest Secret, saying we become what we think about. So so true. Uh the second is Grant Cardone, love Grant. I know he's he can be off the wall sometimes, but if you cut through the noise, uh and all that uh crazy that interesting stuff. But uh really learning the the sales and learning about uh how to use money. Uh because I always had this well, from my perspective is actually uh, using money and putting it to work versus saving it, whether that is uh, putting it to work in advertising uh, to really push your brand out there or into investment so you can make more money with your money. Kobe Bryant is another uh, person. So I really love his uh, tenacity that he has. Uh, well, well, he still has the tenacity uh, when it came to the game of basketball and really learning his craft.
0: That's great. I love that. There's so many different people that you can follow and you can get a little bit of something from each of them. So what drives you to live your best life every day?
1: I would say death is the biggest one. And then also the being the ideal for the individuals that uh, came from where I, that are in the environment where I came from.
0: Absolutely. I think it's so important. Everyone who's listening can be an example to other people in their life. You don't even have to know the person or uh, interact with them on a daily basis. But if you have a chance to share a little something the same way uh, Sterling's friend's father did uh, from a construction standpoint, look where he is today. And I have plenty of examples of people like that in my life. And, you know, we can all be an example to somebody and and make a big difference in in the smallest little
1: way on a daily basis. Exactly. That's why it's so good to for people to want to do more because the more you do, the more you're able to give. So... That, that's my firm belief on that, which is, uh, what is it, Zig Ziglar's quote? Uh, you, you help enough people, you'll get what you need in return or become wealthy, something along those lines.
0: Yeah, help, another, help enough other people get what they want, and you'll end up getting what you want in life. Something yes, like exactly. That. It's a classic. It's a good <laughs> we know. Year. Awesome. Well, this was, this was really incredible. So good getting to dive in a little bit more with you here, Sterling. Where can people find out more about you or get in touch?
1: Yeah. So I would say holdfolio.com is where you can uh, find me or even on biggerpockets.com and slide into the DM. And one thing I want to mention, for those of you, I have my free book, uh, which is from zero to 400 units. Uh, So you can uh, order that too. Where where could they find that, uh, Stephen?
0: They can find that in the show notes on uh, the podcast page. So if you're listening to this on your podcast player, just go and click on the episode. You'll go down and you'll be able to click one of the links and uh, download a copy yourself. Yeah.
1: And I would say we only have so much time to uh, that's on this earth. So, I mean, you, you're, one thing that has always helped me is cutting out the the noise, the, the bad news. And don't hesitate to reach out to me if you're feeling like you're in the rut because I'm more than – uh, be of service to you ultimately.
0: That's amazing. And he truly means that from the bottom of his heart. I know Sterling well, and and I'm very appreciative to have you on. And And I definitely would recommend go check out anything that Sterling's ever put out. Some great stuff. Check out that book and uh, keep living the investor mindset every day, guys. Keep listening to the podcast, too, because it is fire. Thank you, guys. Love it. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend.